Alright. We are way too poor to have our own little jingle at the beginning of this. One day. But I am Jake Bennington. And I am Jake Ackley. <laughs> You're listening to, we think, Movie Takes with the Jakes. Currently no one's listening. <laughs> yeah, we're listening to ourselves in my house in the office um, with a nice little blanket um, plugged underneath the door to keep out excess noise. That is the operation that we are running right now, and we want you to know. So um, this is an idea that we had to talk about movies. Jake and I have known each other for quite some time now, and we always like to bring up movies, the ones that are coming out, ones that we saw that were really good, talk about our favorites, stuff like that. Jake has always been like the movie guy in my life. Have I? Yeah, for is sure. pretty yeah. accurate? Yeah. Well... You just have, whether it's music or movies, I feel like you've always had a, a very specific taste, a sophisticated taste, not just like, oh, yeah, the movie was good or whatever. You always, you know, there's a lot more to it for you who was directing, what you liked about it specifically, you know, stuff like that. So yeah. I'm that same way. Are you? Yeah, okay. for sure. Yeah, we just uh, we just like talking about movies and um kind of had the opportunity to make this happen didn't we don't you think yeah it just kind of fell into place i got this stuff for something else and you were over one day and you saw it and then we just kind of talked about it and we're really nervous about doing this we feel really awkward we're gonna be honest <laughs> with our with our audience <laughs> we're not trying to impress anybody here um but we're doing it for fun and to have a good time so um, that is our goal. What is our mish? What is our purpose? Our mission? We, uh, I think we just want to entertainingly tell people about movies that we <laughs> saw. Hopefully. Oh, man. I do want this to be this funny. Be... I don't want this to be boring. It could be a business. T- this could people. be terrible. This yeah. could be terrible. Um, but I mean, I, I guess I can, this would be a good time to talk about the uh, blog that I had that Oh yeah, it's still it still exists, but I haven't reviewed a movie. Plug it, plug it. Movie. I, if this takes <laughs> off, there's no if, need to plug. If this, give me a break. <laughs> this is our future. When it when it takes off, nobody people would rather use their ears than read, and that's all that was. I just would Oof. type, and people would read. That was deep. But yeah. I, I <laughs> that was deep. That got me. But I I used my face to rate movies so instead of doing stars i did jake faces so yeah i I might continue that into this so a lot of people on facebook uh that are his friends from high school and stuff like that view him as the movie guy as well because of this blog he posted it he'd give it you know one two three four or five jake faces um and each face is different it was awesome so um what is that called again well, I mean, it depends. The link to get there is jacobreviewstuff.blogspot.com. Um, but I called it Chuck Berry's Cousin, and I'll talk about why when we, when we get into the second segment. Ooh. That we've... Ooh. Dude, look at you already railing them in, man. Ooh. Yeah. Teasing ooh. <laughs> I like it. Um, so, yeah, just uh, we'll, we'll kind of figure this out as we go, um, you know, get more proficient at it, maybe get a little model that we do every time. But for now, this is total wing in it, and we wanted today to start off with something that was kind of easier <laughs> for us to just well, tackle. Uh, yeah, we figured we'd want to do, like, movie news, cool things that are coming out, um, you know, what's what's fresh in terms of movies that are coming up, um, maybe do a segment about that. Um, we've talked about maybe discussing favorite movies that we've had in the past that maybe we'll do like a favorites classic section and then just review a movie that's come out recently. I think if we keep this going, I definitely want to do an Oscars section. Ooh, yeah, talk, be about, fun. talk about uh, what's, what's coming out, maybe some predictions with that. Yeah, that would be rad. But that can only be like once a year. Oh, man. So tune in. Dude. <laughs> because that's coming down the chute, and whenever the heck that is, I don't even know. But March. March. January and February and March. What do you mean? Three months? Well, they announce the Oscar nominees in always in January. And then 
as you can already see, <laughs> we have an expert and we have an amateur. <laughs> and then usually late February, early mm. March is the mm. ceremony. The ceremony. The ceremony is the um, All right, let's hop right into it. I need to quit smacking that on the table because you can hear that. Okay, so without further ado, we're just going to start off with really easy material. And that is tackling, dissecting, talking about our favorite movies. Some, some a of brief, our favorite movies. A brief list. A brief list slash synopsis of each. So, why don't you start off with one of your favorites? One of my favorites. Do you have a clear cut number one? Yeah. Oh, I know it. Yeah. Of course, I'm stupid. Everybody knows Every, it. Everyone knows it. Except for the new audience members that are tuning into episode All these thousands. One. These thousands of people don't know yet, so... Um, no pressure, but okay. Why don't you should I do the number one, or do you want to build up to it? Like go three, two, one. Mm, I don't know if this is any. Yeah, okay. Three, two, one. Three, two, one. Do three. Um, number three, I'm gonna say is Memento. By no way, we've never talked about that. That's that's totally one of mine. That's totally one of mine. Is it? Yeah. It's not number three though, right? Or is it number Um, two? Or it's probably four or five. So you're not gonna talk about it. Well said. Yeah. Um, All right, take it away. Anyway, well, that's pretty cool. It's a memento by the very famous Christopher Nolan. Mm. Um, if any of you know who that is, he's done a couple movies, we, uh, indie films. Everybody mainly. knows him, but I don't think a lot of people put him to memento. They think that's Dark very Knight. true. Yeah. For sure, Dark Knight. Um, but um, I absolutely love memento and just uh he he, christopher nolan's always sort of been a do weird narrative structures with his movies Mm -hmm. um and this one was definitely definitely that so maybe why don't you give a brief summarization okay and not give away anything okay um it's that's actually pretty easy for this movie it is it is (laughs) It's very simple. It is about a man who's trying to find his wife's killer. His wife was raped and murdered, and he's trying to find that person. The twist, though, is that he has short-term memory loss because he was involved with the incident. And so because of the incident, he got a brain injury that made him have short-term memory loss, and... He can only remember up to like his wife dying and that this happened, but he can't remember anything new. So how are you supposed to find out who that is when all the evidence you might have gotten kind of is forgotten? Yeah. So basically every day it's a clean slate. He starts, it's kind of like 50 first dates in that sense where he doesn't know who he is, what's going on, like what happened, like pretty much every day he wakes up. And what I really liked about it are the the tattoos and everything that are all over his body. Basically he has no way to remember and a part to help him figure everything out is he adds a tattoo every day uh, to his body. It's just like a bunch of clues that he pieces together day in and day out. So, I don't, I, I mean, this could be considered maybe spoilery for whoever hasn't seen it, but it definitely, it, the, the narrative, step away, the structure Ray. of the, <laughs> the structure of the narrative is not like chronological. And so things don't happen from beginning, middle to end. They go backwards. They go, you know, we're in the middle of the story now. There's a clear cut beginning, middle, and end, but you don't follow the story that way. Yeah, and it adds it adds a new level of um, it, it's just kind of mysterious the whole way. And there's when I first bought the DVD a long time ago, there was a hidden way that you could watch the movie chronologically. Oh, really? Yeah, and that's it, rad. It just doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. It's like the story almost needed to be told this special way. That's really cool. And. You watch it in order and it sucks. And then you watch it the other way all, all over the place. It's and you're just, like, okay, yeah. It, it's just you can tell that certain revelations come out and when they come is very important. So the the way that the movie is structured is very important hmm. to the way you learn things. Well, leave it to Christopher Nolan, without a doubt. Yes. 
Um, yeah. Also, it stars one of my favorite actors, Guy Pierce. He doesn't get enough. He doesn't get enough praise. No, no I mean, one. No one knows really that name. About him, not a lot of people him. know that name. They know him. You probably know him from The Count of Monte Cristo when he plays the bad guy. Also, Iron Man three. Iron Man three. He plays. Yeah, a, a, a bad guy. Oh. oh. Is he bad? Is no, he? no, dude. He's in it. He's good hearted guy. And he looks so good. <laughs> but he could be good oh, in fetch. that movie. He's great, guys. All the best intentions in that movie. In that it's role. fine. It, you can spoil Iron Man 3. <laughs> yeah, that's low If you haven't fruit. seen it, you're not, you're not going to see interested it. At this it's point. like The Office. If you don't have an, an iPod at this point, you don't want one. <laughs> if you haven't seen Iron Man 3 at this point, we should, you don't we want We probably to. should say to our viewers. Well, there might be a lot of The Office references in this. Oh, podcast. without a doubt. They're just going to stream in and stream right out. We might just into a Dwight or Michael quote. And not explain it. And and that's okay. And that's quite all right. Um, you like The Office, just didn't. Everybody does. So Yeah. Why don't you do number three now? Well, so I should have been more prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I this have... doesn't have to be particularly in order. That's okay. Because... Okay. Okay. Thanks, man. You're I right. have, I have uh, definitely know my favorite movies. I know my number one favorite movie, but everything after that, I haven't really set in stone in order. So you took Memento. I don't know if that was top three anyhow, though. But um, I will keep the. Uh, I'll keep everything. No, no, no. Never mind. I'm not gonna say that one. Uh, I'll say Requiem for a Dream. I do love, love that movie. And getting, it's heavy. You've taken this to a dark place. It's heavy. It is very heavy. early. Yes. So this movie stars. I'll be honest um, though. I don't. I don't think it's even in like my top fifty. How about you shut that mouth? Are you for real? Yeah. Top fifty? Okay. Hang on. I, I can't handle your criticism right now. Just break down this movie. We with can me real quick. save that for another. Top fifty. Time. My gosh. I'm talking like top three. Why don't you? Yeah. Why don't you go? Through okay. The, let me sell it to you, yeah. since um, you hate all my movies. Uh, Requiem for a Dream. Okay. First off, it stars a very talented guy, Jared Leto. Uh, he is randomly an amazing actor, um, considering he's also an incredible musician. So if you look, you know, if you like Thirty Seconds, quit shaking your head. <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> Oh, we're, not, we're not talking about music in this podcast. 30 Seconds of Mars. He sings for them as well. He's he, their lead singer. Lead singer, and he is in a ton of movies. Um, I love him in this movie because he's really young. He's feeding into the accent uh, of his role, and I just think it's a really, really good fit for him. So I love his performance. I think it's very natural. And then uh, Jennifer Connelly is in it, which need I say more? Because <laughs> she is still a babe, and I had the biggest crush on her in Labyrinth. The Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's her. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, oh, yeah, that's yeah. her. This. Yeah. Um, anyways, so, oh, and uh, Wayne's brother is in it. Uh, yeah. Which one is it? I can't remember. Anyways, doesn't Damon, matter. I think. One of those. And he, uh, basically the whole movie is about drugs. And it's about, yeah, I think it does a pretty good job of um, showing, taking you through how people can, can kind of find themselves descending into drug addiction and how they can start to depend on it, and then it rules their life, and then um, ruins it. So I have had things happen in the past where I've seen the events played out before my eyes, and so to watch it in a movie just kind of I I thought was important. I feel like an important movie to me because it ends up showing you know it very negatively, I think. I don't know how you could argue that, but... um, so, you know, drugs, addiction, it's really, really heavy content, um, subject matter, but I think it's handled responsibly, and then it ends with a good message in the end, leaving you kind of devastated. Well, it is it is very responsible, Yeah. because when I watched that movie, not a chance. The last thing you wanted to not do. Not a chance was, <laughs> was, going. was going and getting some heroin. Where's my heroin dealer? Not asking that. <laughs> yeah. Cool. It made me think of friends. That was a bad joke. Made me think of people, people I knew in my life who, yeah. Anyways, do you know who directed it? Uh, hint. Give me a hint. Noah. You're gonna call me out right now like this? Sorry. Oh my gosh. Noah. Noah. He directed Ark. Noah. Noah's Ark. Yes. He directed Noah. Ridley Scott. No, 
was gods <laughs> of Egypt. That was another <laughs> n- Old Testament. Noah. Oh, oh, you're talking about the one recently. Yeah, we saw it together. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I His know. most recent film Give is... Give me another hint. Mother with an exclamation point. Oh. Jennifer uh, First letter of his first name. D. Okay, not helping. Second letter. A. a. Are you his sure? Last name, yes, his last name starts with an A. I thought that's what you were going to ask. But oh, okay. It still fits. For Third letter? R. You what is happening? Spell his name for you. Fourth letter. We're doing this. R. Darren? Yeah. Oh, I don't know who it is. <laughs> I don't know at all. Darren Aronofsky is his name. Oh, f- my gosh. He He's known for the quite dramatic, quite stylized. I'm actually embarrassed. That's I'm fine. embarrassed. Because people, yeah, if you like that movie I just said, a lot of people like that director. And I'm stupid for not knowing that. Anyways, um, besides that, I'm taking long, way too long to say all this. But um, the score is really nice. The music is talked about a lot. Uh, yeah, so yes, there's there's a lot of dramatic music that's used really powerfully, I think. But the the number one part I like about the movie is the cinematography with some of the scenes that they do, um, close you know close ups and effects, and it, it's just shot in a way that's really uh, engaging and fun, just different. Hyper so, hyper like. I mean, it does a good job of communicating psychedelic like the effects of drugs. So with the way that it's actually filmed, like so hyper quick zoom ins and hyper quick zoom, like and then the mom when she's walking down the sidewalk, yeah, freaks me out every time. Yeah, it, there's a lot of unsettling parts, but yeah. it's 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 a really heavy movie, but I think an important one. Okay, okay. your number two. Number two um, is going to be Pulp Fiction by Quentin Tarantino. Mm. Love it. Love it. This one's going to be a little harder to give a synopsis about, but... Factual. Um, have you seen it? I saw it a long time ago. I own it on Blue Fray. Mm, you would? Yeah. I, yeah. Wait, so you're not going to give, give any details? No, I will. So, <laughs> um, I was like, oh. he... Quentin Tarantino is, is a very famous filmmaker, as most people know, and... He's filmed... What else has he done? Uh, Kill Bill, obviously. Kill Bill, Django Unchained, a lot of people like that one, and uh, Inglorious Bastards. You'll have to also another really good censor one. that word out because yeah, don't this don't, is don't say it again. Friendly. Don't say it again. Okay, um, Inglorious Bastards. Anyway, um, it uh, it's a long movie. It's about two hours and forty minutes, and it just really tells an interconnected, also out of narrative chronological order. Not you know things don't happen from beginning to end in that one too. And uh, just tells the story of mobsters, hitmen, a boxer, um, and just their stories throughout a couple of days. What performances do we have in there? Who's in that? Um, a lot of people feel like it reignited John Travolta's career. Hmm. He, I guess, was on a slump, and then he did uh, Pulp Fiction, and um, he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor in 1995 <laughs> the movie came out in 1994 guys i'm not gonna hit you with this kind of information so <laughs> you will enjoy listening um, to jake's breakdown so much more yeah so that's a big one um, i think one that's not talked about enough he's never really mentioned when talking about pulp fiction but bruce willis is a main character in it as well um uma thurman Uma Thurman. You actually see her on one of the covers, right? Yeah, she's. It's like a pretty famous cover. She's yeah. on the on the front of it. Um, but you know, kind of the the way that uh, it's such a Quentin Tarantino y movie. It's so the dialogue is just so much fun to listen to. I just love watching people talk in that movie, and um, obviously, it's it gets kind of violent at certain points it's a Tarantino movie but that's what you expect from him um Samuel L. Jackson of course yeah oh yeah why didn't I he's got his weird he, hair um, he just looks weird in that movie yeah. which he's got the Jerry curl going. I can't it's, stand it, it you don't like it it's no. so great oh no, man no my favorite line that in he an says, ironic way sure he, he he's pretty famous the, there's a famous sequence where he goes over the bible verse but i love when he's like check out the big brain on bread <laughs> i cannot okay we're gonna do a sidebar <laughs> i cannot stand samuel jackson so Why? you get to say my movie wasn't in your top 50 but i'm gonna go ahead and crap on that actor because he takes me out of movies 
every single time. I don't see him in roles. I see Samuel L. Jackson in every movie. So, I oh my gosh. Seriously? Yes, yes, yes. Wow. Him as Mace Windu was the stupidest okay. thing. Okay. I know I know okay. that everyone can point to that, and that's like the yeah. easy, easy go-to to say, yeah. what are you doing? But every movie besides maybe this He's one. Billy and, D in that. Yeah, you know, Mace Mace Windu was poorly casted. It's a, oh, yeah. it's a common common mention. I know that was cheap. That was cheap of me the, of the prequels. But I, anyways, uh, I, but I I can't stand his. He and Quentin Tarantino love each other. They're like best friends. And Quentin <sighs> Tarantino says he delivers Samuel L. Jackson delivers his lines like nobody else can. He like writes lines for Samuel L. Jackson. I don't care he uh did did you like him in Django Unchained he was pretty against type in that yeah no you're right you're right that was against type um I appreciated that more yeah I could handle that that was okay it's just when he when he when you like turn him loose and he turns into Samuel Jackson he starts yelling and saying f this f that and like in every role I'm taking out of the movie I'm tired of these snakes on these planes on these planes there's like five planes and they all have <laughs> it's a terrible tragedy it's, it's a traveling zoo yeah anyway um that's unfortunate because he's ex- excellent in it um but something that i love about that movie is very the stories are rich mm-hmm. i love using the word rich when describing <laughs> pulp fiction it just feels like there's so much tangibleness going on and there's clear-cut motives there's clear cut, uh, you know, things for people to do. There's clear stakes. I feel the stakes, even though that movie's really not about anything in particular. There's no like themes really getting. One of the stories is literally about a guy wanting to go find his watch. He left his watch in an apartment, and he wants to go back and get it. That's literally one of the stories in that movie. But Quentin Tarantino just does an incredible job of showing you that there are stakes that there are consequences but there's also motivation for why it's important for him to do these things and it's a good one it's my fave also a little kind of heavy on some of the drugs yeah some of the drugs are which hard. Isn't... i'm not a drug guy i don't like them in my movies i don't like them in my cheerios <laughs> i don't i'm not a big drug dude Oy. drugs um that's not gonna anyway. make my my next one any better i i'm hit really, me okay hit me. have you ever seen train spotting yeah <laughs> yes oh my gosh you yeah oh my just say it to me like that you yeah, i was never you guy you, you do like the drug movies okay Here, that here's show the thing. i you know that show how messed up yeah they are so go ahead so okay i mean I said my kind of we were talking movies with some people the other night Drew Susan Ray and uh, you know Ray oh yeah just Ray Ray Gonzalez anyways I um, was saying like a a huge list of some of my favorite movies and I realized I mean yeah there's definitely a theme to the ones I put at the top now I still have a ton of movies that I really 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 like but they don't grit me the same way that these ones do and that's why they're at the top of my list so i tend to like movies that are really like heavy sometimes really dark devastating uh dramatic um this one's not super dark there are dark parts but no 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 it's way more of a a continuating story than like requiem or something like that but anyways i there's definitely a theme to the ones that i like like that so train spotting um is with ewan mcgregor keeping that prequel theme going for sure. Ewan McGregor. And one of his like very few, I think he uses his natural accent. Yes. His natural Scottish yes. accent. In that yeah. The, it, they're all is, Scottish. Yeah. Or Irish, Scottish. Mm. I don't know. Scottish. He is. Okay. If he's Scottish, they're all in the movie Scottish then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he's in his natural element. It's yeah. in Scotland. They're in the accent. And uh, it's really fun to see him like that. He's also really young. Uh, this movie came out in 1996. So, how about, how's that for some facts? Yeah, that's a <laughs> man. You just pulled that out of your brain? Out of my friggin' dome, dude. dude. Um. Anyways, there is a weird part where you see him nude. Um, yeah. And I think it's legit. 
his body, no double, and you see Earthang. So that was a little <laughs> bit weird. Um, but it, it's it's just a movie. I'm not really going to say that much about it because we're taking a long time. But it, it's basically drugs are involved and it kind of weaves in and then out of his life you know it's a part of his life for a while then it's not and um it's just funny every time that it's not a part of his life he thrives he starts to excel he starts to do well and then drugs always find way back in and i guess it's just you know um, a very real storyline in that sense and so i really enjoy it because of that i think there's some good performances it actually has robert carlyle who um is like one of the main guys kind of weaving in and out of ewan's life and he uh, is actually in that one tv show um once upon a time he plays the uh what's his name uh rumple Stilts, uh, he plays him <laughs> i can't say that word rumple Stiltskin. Stiltskin. And uh, which, you know, people probably feel like they've never seen him before. He's actually been in a lot of stuff, and he's, he does a really good job in train spotting. Um, and also, like, Ewan Bremner, who's in, uh, he's the stuttering guy in Pearl Harbor. Anyways, um, like the redhead guy. So there's really unique people all coming together in that movie. Ewan's really young, and they just go through his life, and him trying to, like, escape drugs, moving away from it, still chases him, still gets back into his life. And there's some trippy, trippy parts, too. That I thought are really like the toilet scene. He climbs in a freaking toilet. He literally, Cl- literally hid, climbs hid, into a toilet. He basically hid drugs in himself. <laughs> Let's say it that way. And then he's in the bathroom <laughs> to now retrieve the drugs, and he accidentally gets it in the toilet and climbs headfirst into the toilet. And it's all because he's tripping because it's already dissolved in him and blah blah blah. So it's a trippy scene where he literally goes into the toilet all the way, his whole body. <laughs> and then there's just a crazy thing that happens. So that is uh, another one that I like. Who directed that movie? Oh, <laughs> Who directed oh that I movie? can tell Danny you. Boyle. Okay, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know. Danny Boyle did. What else has Danny Boyle done? Um, 127 Hours with James Franco. Mm. Um, my favorite movie of his is Sunshine, the mm. space movie. That I haven't heard of that one. That's a, I just that's an unfortunate Dude, I'm excited. last name. I'm excited. T- yeah, take it away. His with, middle name with is your number one. Big. Um, Wait, what? Oh, <laughs> Danny has a big boil. Anyway, okay. please don't sue me, Mister Boyle. <laughs> I know you'll be watching because we're famous. We're famous. Number one. Do I? I know you're number one. I think. Mm, maybe if we. Yeah, I do. Okay. Well, hang on. Let me guess yours then. Back to the Future. Not a question at all. Back to the Future is the greatest film ever made. And um, this one isn't for any particular um, filmmaking reason. It is, it is significant. It's historically significant. The Library of Congress says so. You can look that up on Wikipedia. What does that even mean? It's significant. It's but no. Why would they? How, why? I don't understand. What? The Library of Congress. Yeah, they have like a film section. It's after the. Jays or something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just considered a culturally, historically uh, significant movie. Lots of them are. You know what we should do is actually do a segment where we go through that list (laughs) and see if we agree or if it's BS. I I actually think that's a great idea. There won't be any disagreement that Back to the Future should or should not be on it. Okay, sell it to everybody. But... um, it's just, I mean, if you haven't seen Back to the Future, go on and back to this. You just don't want to if you haven't seen it already. <laughs> you, okay, that's not really fair to say any, at, at nowadays in 2018. Because we got youngs? We got a lot of youngs. A lot of A lot youngs of street youths who, that, are youngs. that are young. I mean, that movie's 35, four years old, 33 yeah. years old. And so we're getting, excuse me, we're it getting to that out, point like, now. It came out four days after my brother was born, and he's old. Jeez, you know your freaking July 3rd, factoids. 1985. Good gracious. <laughs> Is that serious? Yeah. July 3rd, 1985. <laughs> oh you look that up. I'm not going to look that up. Um, but no one cares. Here's, here's a brief synopsis. Okay. Teenager goes back to the 50s. It takes place in 1985. He goes back to the 50s and he meets his parents when they're in high school. So there's that. And he kind of ruins things and like... He interferes with his mortality and his existence. And he 
um, possibly will make it so that he'll never exist. And he's got to do some things. He's got to make some things happen. But he also needs to get back to 1985. So that's why it's called Back to the Future, right? It's yeah, it's a good go name back for sure. To the future. But so he's got like those two problems to solve. He's he's stuck in the past. He needs to figure out a way to get home. And while trying to figure out how to make sure that he doesn't disappear from existing on this fine, fine planet we call Earth and home. Um, Michael J. Fox. There you go. Is your main actor. Christopher Lloyd plays Dr. Emmett L. Brown. They're, they're, they're the two leads. It was directed by Robert Zemeckis. Who has gone on to do? Uh, he won an Academy Award for directing Forrest Gump in 1994. He did Castaway, right? He did Castaway. He did What Lies Beneath. You want to hear a fun fact about that? That is a Utah favorite. <laughs> what Lies Beneath? <laughs> yeah. That's, is it? It is, yeah. What? I've I just feel... zero people talk about What Lies Beneath. Okay, maybe I'm off base here. You know, here was here's what he did. He filmed the first half of Castaway... It was time for Tom Hanks to lose a lot of weight for the second half of the movie. Mm -hmm. So they stopped production on Castaway. He took the entire crew, went and filmed What Lies Beneath. When they finished that, he came back and filmed the second really? half of Castaway. Yeah. So that Tom Tom Hanks could get get looking skinny and grow that beard. Really? So this whole time, I actually thought it was the other way around. I thought that he was skinny first and then they filmed all that stuff first and they had him gain a lot of weight that's what i had always heard well garbage my sources are garbage my high school friend sources are garbage but that's that's close i mean does it really matter you know it's not that's, that's not really correct, interesting that but <laughs> that is that is Filmed first half, What Lies Beneath, filmed the second half. Of yeah, nobody on earth knows that. But, so that's, that um, is really interesting. We're not talking about those movies. We're talking about Back to the Future. Okay. And. Man, you're passionate. You guys can't see it right now, but he is just pure passion in his eyes. They're watering a little bit. Jake cares uh, an abnormal amount about this movie. It's good. And I know that it's a little bit nostalgic. I get, I've had some really fun memorable family moments with it but so is it is the first one you're because guys this if you haven't seen it there are several of them so is the first there's not one several there's only three no I'm, I'm i meant that as a good thing okay good. yeah um geez look how easy he is to get like <laughs> defensive um he cares a lot um, yeah the first one is the best one okay i used to like number two maybe a little bit more but mm. it it is it's it's a little sillier and I think that if I had seen them, whimsical, some would say, maybe a little, not and not in like a pushing daisies kind of whimsical, but mm. because that movie so movie TV show so charming, but it is maybe a little whimsical. It's silly. They go to 2015, which is hysterically now in the past. <laughs> um, but, caught up to uh, all our movies. Yeah, that's weird. Um, but anyway, so. Yeah, the first one's my favorite. It's just the best. It's the best done one. It's everything just works really well. Everything considered. Anyway, I know you're number one. All right, take it away. What is it? This is going to be embarrassing. Um, Your number one is another Christopher Nolan good movie, Interstellar. You're wrong. No, that's not my number one. No, what? That's not my number one. Number three? No, no. No top three at all. Ah, depends on the day of the week, but He's usually no. Changed. Usually no. No, 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 no. My number one has been the same for years, years. Then I have no idea. I think you're. You'll remember when I say it. What dreams may come. <laughs> Are you just straight laughing at my number one right now? It's. It is all coming back to me. <laughs> it is. That's why I'm laughing because we have. I. You could have given me literally 14 hours, and you wouldn't guess, have remembered that. And I would not have said that movie. All right. Said, so for wh- whatever reason, um, this is a movie with Robin Williams, the late Robert Williams. Robin, Robin I don't even. Robin Williams. He's got a brother named Robert. Yeah, may he rest. I made that. But, I made um, that. which, again, sidebar, he was a celebrity death that was probably one of the hardest for me. I just, 
I think it was one of yeah, the hardest for everybody. Yeah, I felt that one too. Yeah, that was really, really rough. Um, and a little bit ironic considering this is what we're talking about with the content of this movie. So it's a Robin Williams movie, and for whatever reason, it has flown, it has f- gone, oh my gosh, under the radar. Nobody talks about it. No one talks about it. Um, every time I bring it up, you know, when people say, what's your favorite movie, they, they just, it's so rare that people are like, oh yeah, that's a good one. So I don't know why that is. It came out in 1998. Um, I didn't see it until I was you know, a couple of years later until I was like 12, 13, I think I was like 13, almost 14 when I saw it for the first time. But anyway, so he, uh, I don't know how much to say because I could really sell it if I could kind of give a little bit of it away. But um, oh, what do I want to do? Okay, I'll just, I'll do this. So basically the movie is about love. The movie is about um having a soulmate and if there is such thing as a soulmate and about love and the power it has and to trump everything else to rise above everything else to everything like that so basically he finds you know someone that matches this description you know they're soulmates they have a family and then tragedy strikes something happens i just may won't give that away something happens that's terrible there are deaths and so him and his wife um, are dealing with this and they grow farther and farther apart. It's really, really hard for them, but they still kind of maintain a, you know, a marriage. And then something really heavy happens. Um, well, I'll give that away, I guess, because it's, because it's pretty it, much it, the it, whole movie. It's, yeah. The whole movie is, yeah. Circling around that thing. Um, he ends up dying in a car accident on his way to go do something for his wife. So he immediately goes into kind of this limbo area. You find out that um, he's in heaven and um, everyone has their own heaven and it's what helps them transition into all that, um, into the afterlife. Is that, you know, it, it's, it's everything that is familiar to them, comfortable to them, wholesome to them. And he's in a, it's basically a painting because uh, his wife was really into painting and, and that was what brought him comfort. Um, anyways, he's watching his wife from up above as she is now alone on earth and dealing with it. And it gets really, really heavy where basically she ends up, uh, taking her life. And so she ends up, uh, dying and he is approached by, um, Gooding, Cuba, Junior. <laughs> junior Cuba Gooding. Junior Gooding. In any Cuba. order that you want to say his name, you're allowed. Um, He's a character in there who's kind of helping to shepherd Robin Williams around to get him used to heaven. And he approaches him, basically says, hey, your wife has died. And Robin Williams is sad, but then he's really happy and says, okay, when do I get to see her? And he says, you're not going to see her. She committed suicide. They go someplace different. They go to hell. And so he's devastated. The whole movie is about him working through all this and essentially leaving heaven to go to hell to find her. And it's really beautifully filmed. The visual effects are just phenomenal. He does a really good job in his performance. Uh, some of the subject matter is kind of heavy, but it, it goes between like uh, kind of um, happy, then really heavy, and then back and forth. Um, but it's about his pursuit to find his wife who has committed suicide um, and leaves hell, gives uh, or leaves heaven, gives up heaven in pursuit of her. So if that doesn't sell you on at least wanting to try that one out, I don't know what will, um, but it's very heartfelt and I love it. And it speaks to me on, in a lot of different ways. So that's definitely a movie side note that you need to be like awake for. It's a slower one. Yeah. So don't, don't think, Hey, we're just going to pop this in, have a good time. And no, like you need to (laughs) watch it midday. With some caffeine. No, really though, it's it's a longer, a little slower, so you need to keep that in mind. Yeah, it's been a minute since I've watched that one. Do you have anything positive to say about it? Um, I bet not. It's been so long that I don't remember it very well. I'm actually. What if I told you that it won some Academy Awards? Probably visual effects, maybe best visual effects. Yeah, because yeah. I do remember it looking really nice. Yeah, it is. Yeah. All right. Well, that kind of 
finishes that. We appreciate everyone listening if you're still listening because we're really just trying to get our feet underneath us. Uh, this is fun so far, though. Yeah. This is like a really good time. <laughs> I'm having a nice time. I, I don't know if you're listening and you agree, but we're enjoying ourselves, which yeah. is the reason we're doing it. We don't care if you like it. So we don't care. Bye. Bye. Don't. Please don't leave, actually. Please. Stay. We need you. We need you. You are our future. <laughs> <laughs> I have seven children that need to be fed. Um. Okay. So the next part. Ne- next part. Segment. Next seg. We uh, this will kind of be the meat of a lot of the episodes. The meat I and think. potatoes. We we'll want to talk about a specific movie that we um, have seen recently. You might think that we'll be talking about Bohemian Rhapsody because that's the one that just came out and everybody's talking about it. But uh, no, nay, we're not going to be talking about that one. Jake Bennington hasn't seen it. I am. What a guy. Check out check out this for a plan. I'm going to go see it Saturday in Park City matinee. How about that? I already have it planned out. I know I'm going to do it. Actually it's, be better. it's in the books. So maybe episode two can be a little bohemian. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Anyway, talk. We're, uh, we're going to be talking about First Man today, this evening, because we have both seen this one. Yes. Yes. And I think both enjoyed it. Very, very much so. So my she, wife, not so much. No, she no, didn't. Not, no, it's just not her jam. It's just not her kind of movie, unfortunately. Yeah. Um. Well, I will. I'll tell. I guess I'll break it down. Break it down a little bit. Um. First Man is about Neil Armstrong. If you don't know who that is, um, read a book. Cause <laughs> go outside. He's the Turn first on man. The ten of Asians. He's the first man to walk on a moon. On a moon. <laughs> Why did I say <laughs> there are many moons? <laughs> he chose one of them, and he walked on it. Said, "Hey, that one." There's, there's only one option. He walked on the only one that he yeah. could have, and um, it is his story. We, um, we were. I think we're gonna call this episode first episode first man. Um, we're comparing ourselves to the achievement, getting this episode done. Is yes. the achievement it's very appropriate on, on the scale of landing on the moon? Um, but it's really just about his life leading up to landing on the moon, um, his personal life, and um, kind of it kind of intercuts between his family, what's going on there, and then preparing in different missions to get eventually to the moon. Um, it stars Ryan Gosling as Mister Neil Armstrong. And Claire Foy plays his wife, who I really didn't know that well before this movie. Apparently, she plays the queen in The Crown. Um, Is that wife, a TV show? Yeah, my wife really likes The Crown. It's on Netflix. Okay. I'll she, be expecting a royalty check Emmy. for plugging in Netflix. <laughs> She's won an Emmy. She, for The Crown, I think. I think so. She's Maybe. from England. Yeah, She's 5'4". She <laughs> <laughs> Shoe size 5. Five. We have this information. No, we don't. Um, and it was an interesting, one of the more interesting aspects to me is that it was directed by Mr. Damien Chazelle, who is very famous for my favorite film of 2016, La La Land. La La Land. He also did Whiplash. Oscar winning. Oscar, La yes. La he won Best Director for La La Land. Um, and his the first movie he did was called Whiplash, and... Um, this guy's on fire. He's three for three, I gotta say. I actually really loved First Man. Um, and very different from those other those other two movies. Those are kind of based around jazz and music and um, musicals for La La Land. And this is very much not that. I don't think the word jazz is said once. <laughs> How could you leave the word jazz out of a movie? Mm. You know... When I saw that this movie was coming out, I suddenly realized, yeah, why hasn't there been something? There's not been a lot. No. And then and then I watched it and I realized, really, why hasn't there been something? Yeah. There's a lot more to this story than I had any idea. So, um, yeah, I thought it was excellent. Maybe let's break down the different aspects of why it was good or not good. So maybe like screenplay or, you know... 
you know visuals or like performances stuff like that um my my favorite aspects were um the the uh the cinematography was incredibly great um what is his name i don't remember it but he he also did la la land cinematography and he won best cinematography in Mm. for that movie um and they filmed in a bunch of different style formats um I think like 60 millimeter was used for some of it. Um, and then they filmed obviously the moon sequence in IMAX and I think it looks really good. Um, I love the production design of it. It, it feels very authentic. Um, and when you say production design, just simply maybe describe that. Just side note, our goal with this, we are not pretentious. We're not like, you know rotten tomatoes or like all that kind of stuff we're very casual we're laid back we just like movies that is it we don't pretend to be uh you know know know-it-alls or anything close so we're very lax on that and so maybe some of the terms like i'm learning with you jake knows a lot more about all this stuff but just we're all on the same page maybe well yeah sorry i'm a bad person (laughs) <laughs> well, and I think production design is a pretty common sense one. Yeah, but. It, it's just, it's the sets. It's the way that things are designed. It's the look of where people are. It's like the props and things like that. The um, whole ability, yeah, the setting yeah, of everything. Yeah. Yeah. And so obviously when you're, when you're focusing on NASA in the 60s, you've got to get things to look authentic. So I just, it, I felt like I was in these spacecrafts with, the, with them when they're like learning in a classroom setting it felt like they were in the 60s in this classroom and um you know the costumes are really good i i yeah there are a couple of moments where i was looking at ryan gosling and being like that's a really cool shirt you're wearing (laughs) um they got a guy to make really authentic looking space the the suits that they wear they there's been all this stuff about how accurate they are um and it just looks really good I, I just love the the feeling of being inside. I mean, that was another aspect is it's really claustrophobic. Ugh. All the the space sequences are from the perspective of the people inside. You very get very rarely get these outside wide shots. You're always inside, kind of crammed in with them. Well, and to speak to that, there's one scene where basically something's going wrong with the ship. And it's on one of their first kind of big, big tests, uh, a landmark mission. They need to accomplish something. And it's spiraling out of control. And um, I noticed that they did not one time show the ship from the outside. Yeah. Not once. So they only showed the people, you know, down in uh, on Earth as they're trying to figure out how to help on their end. And then it only showed Ryan Gosling and their team inside the cabin and nothing else and i thought that was really really cool because it didn't give you they limited your perspective on purpose and kept you in the cabin and kept you in that freak out they gave you no break from it you know you couldn't see it from the outside and kind of like be able to separate a little bit and uh you know uh breathe again they kept you right in the cabin the whole time and uh i thought it was really effective i thought it was pretty powerful it was. i thought it was cool it really was yeah yeah and and damien chazelle it's clear that he he didn't he didn't care about um, maybe necessarily some more general kind of things about a mission. He wanted you to feel like you were there. He wanted you to feel what it was like to be in these situations. A lot of them, literally life and death situations. Yeah. And um, well, I was freaking out. During yeah. That. I'm yeah. like, I know you eventually land on the moon. So you don't le- die. Here. You don't die here, but I legit don't know how that's yeah. possible. Yeah. And it, it's just a really personal story that way. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it doesn't shy away from that stuff. It doesn't, it can be overwhelming, but it doesn't back off. It just keeps you right there in that really tense moment. <laughs> Seriously, man, that, that part was nuts. Uh, what about like screenplay? And when you hear screenplay, like how would you describe it? Um, like the definition. Um, screenplay is the, the writing, the dialogue, just pure um, dialogue. Yeah. The, the narrative, you know, somebody has to write this story and, and somebody wants, a, wants a point to get across. Um, and this was clearly written to be much more of a personal, um, 
movie and it was it, it it focuses just as much on his family his children his wife as it does because you could have a two-hour movie just about the missions and all yeah. that stuff but it it kind of cuts it in half and gives you you know what how this is affecting his wife um how this is affecting his children um kind of how it's affecting him and and uh so i mean i i, I think a if we're going to get into negatives, I think this is the most common one is that it can feel slow and that the pacing is, is um, kind of deliberate and it takes its time. For sure. I, I think that sometimes there are directors who they know the rules, yeah. you know, they know what's going to please a general average moviegoer and then they lean into the artistic take on it. Uh, on purpose, I mean, usually on purpose, you know. And um, I think this, yeah, it's very deliberate. It feels like it's self-aware in yep. its pacing, yep. and that it might alienate some people. But um, it's just a better overall product that way, and that's the way it needed to be. So, um, I, I mean, yeah, I think the claustrophobic part of it, and the it's you know very slow in some parts, and the pacing slows down. Um, it's maybe why my my wife didn't like it as much. I could see other people you know, feeling the same way, but, yeah, yeah, for um, sure. I loved it. You know, I, I love that as long as, as long as the performances carry you through and, you know, stuff like that, like hold through the slow stuff to weather it. I, I love it. I, and, um, yeah, it, it does a really good job of, of the family stuff, not even, mm, you know, five, 10 minutes into the movie, right. my wife and I are tearing up. Like it was, it was kind of heavy. And then you suddenly realize it, it tells you right away. It's like, this movie is not about the moon. This movie is about this extraordinary man, basically. And, um, if it wasn't for someone who had overcome so much, uh, we wouldn't have won the space race and all that kind of stuff. Uh, probably, you know, so yeah. Yeah. anyways, that was a cool, like they set the tone right away. Like this is about him as a person, his personal struggles and his challenges that he had overcome to get to the moon which I yeah. thought I didn't expect. I guess I should have maybe, but yeah. And, and I, it, it makes it something else with the claustrophobic aspect is it, it makes me very aware that there are not many people that could actually do this and accomplish this feat. And it takes a very particular type of person to go physically to the moon and stand on it. Um, no joke. And it's, I mean, it, it doesn't shy away from the very physical, motion, emotional, and mental grind that these people had to go through to, to make this happen. So um, I really loved it. It didn't do quite as well at the box office as people were hoping. Um, it's not a sexy not pitch really. of a movie. No. You know, okay, hey, yeah, Ryan Gosling helps get people in, mm -hmm. but... You simply saying it's about Neil Armstrong and Neil Mark on the moon. That that's yeah. not sexy. So, understandably, it will won't be one that like uh, over time picks up more and more steam. Yeah. Probably, I think it'll do fairly well in terms of getting nominated for Oscars, but that doesn't necessarily qualify a movie for being good. But um, you know, it's hard to be a director and make these decisions because you're like, do I want to play into the formula? that I know will bring people in and make us money? Or do I want to do my best to that effect, but really focus on making a product that I'm proud of yeah. and that um, is, you know, plays into my artistic talents and, and passions, whether that is widely accepted, like a Marvel movie or like my thing. I've thought a lot about that as a director and it's tough because you also have people who are counting on you to, you only have a job because it makes money. Yeah. For sure. And so you have all these people, you know, uh, in the studios who want you to make a product that's going to make money. Anyways, yeah. I just think that's an interesting thing as a director to have to deal with. But yeah, it's one of my favorites. Not my absolute favorite of the year, but um, I loved it. Um, it just sort of solidifies to me that Damien Chazelle, who is only 33 or 34 years old. That's crazy. And this is his third incredibly great movie. Um, it just makes me really excited for his movies to come yeah his career because he's gonna have a long one and I just hope he stays this top-notch because I'm, I'm excited to see what he does next 
Ryan's great. He's really great as a closing kind of thing on him. Um, I th- I feel like he does a good job at playing subdued yes, characters. Very, you very know, subtle. Yeah, very subtle, subtle, reserved, yeah. Uh, subdued. It, it it's starting to get a little bit predictable. I yeah. would like to see him get into some crazy role, you know. And I know he has some stuff in the past, but I'm ready for to see him really push his boundaries. He, you know, you're right. He's definitely kind of playing this almost not necessarily emotionless, but very subtle, quiet person, introvert. Yeah, and it works more often than it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But it is. But I would. I agree. Like. Um, he, I know that he can really burst out and, and be funny and be crazy, energy. stupid love. Yeah, it was a really good awesome movie that yeah. he's in. Yeah. And he pulls that in. off yeah. so well. Um, but, and it works for his character and, and kind of what the point is. I'm, I think of movies like drive or even last year's blade runner. It, it makes sense. Yeah. But, and, and in this one, it, it makes sense too, but, but he's just, so widely liked that, you want to see him in more movies. Variety and so to and be in more movies, he has to be able to accept uh, more roles and not just be so targeted in the ones that he, he picks. So, yeah. You yeah. see Lars and the Real Girl? I've not actually seen that. It's one. actually in my top 10. Is it? Yeah. A lot of people like that movie. It it's is. It's kind of weird. Bizarre. Oh, yeah. It is. If you're just like. I like the mainstream movies and I just, I'm easy to please and just give me the, you know, the normal recipe for a crowd pleasing movie. That's me. Don't go see Lars and the Real Girl. You'll hate it. You'll be upset that you wasted your time um, because it is bizarre, weird, so weird, uncomfortable. And I love it. I love movies that make me feel weird like that. I'm not just trying to like have a good time all the time. There's, yeah, there's a time and place for, for that. Dream. Yeah, I know, I know. But he plays a really big weirdo in that movie. <laughs> it, it's a dark comedy, kind of, like Bernie, you know, with Jack Black and stuff. Like similar vibe, but yeah. anyways. Yeah, I will yeah. say one last thing about First Man, actually. Okay. Sorry, sorry, is that I was told it was really political. Really political. Now, here's the thing. So I went in thinking, oh, man, there's just going to be an agenda here. There is a political segment, but it is so fleeting and gets lost and forgotten in the actual momentum of the movie. I didn't feel like um, it was a big deal. It, it was at not at all. Not at all. Are you so, talking about the protesty yes, stuff? Or yes, the, the protesty stuff. The main controversial thing was the flag at the end. Yeah. Which is, that ended up being pretty silly. Yeah. Both things are inconsequential. Yeah, for sure. Um, the protesting was like blatant in like what they're trying to squeeze in there, which what I don't. It, it, it was, didn't. It didn't feel uh, in tune with the rest of what was going on. But it was so fleeting again that I was like, ah, eh, whatever. I did think it was interesting that essentially what it is is people are like, why are we going to the moon? Why are we spending billions of dollars to go to the moon when we could be like helping? people stay alive and feeding them and giving them shelter and things but um kind of like today some people would say why do we spend so much on the military or why do we spend money on silly things when our own people this and that yeah you don't need i i did think it was interesting because everybody always talks about how great it was to go to the moon that i just assume everybody was on board that's a good everybody that's and that i did appreciate it that oh there was kind of a different uh, side to this and not everybody was ready to go and wanted to go and thought it was worth it and made sense but the movie definitely says it was the right thing to do to go to the moon and despite yeah it's very yeah. clear that despite everything in his personal life those sacrifices yeah and everything else and the US's sacrifices like yeah it was the right thing to do but yeah no I whether I agreed with it or not I won't even say but I didn't even think it was that polarizing no, of, no. of of content that it they were protesting. It did feel a little squeezed in, kind of. That's my thing. Is like if you're gonna if you're gonna do that, then you just gotta slow it down a little bit more and do a little bit more make, to it. Make it something. It, it just felt sque- It felt like a little cheap just because it was squeezed yeah. in. I'm like, yeah. ah, you saw a little opportunity and yeah. slipped it in. It wasn't very. Anyways. But, yeah, it was good. Great movie. Loved it. Yeah. Um, How many Jake Jake faces? Jake Jake? <laughs> yeah, that sounds stupid as heck. <laughs> I don't know. Just regular me, Jake Ackley. Just I'm, Jake Ackley faces. Um four and a half. Four and a half. Four and a half. You yeah. are you are very I did like it. 
Yeah, that's surprising. You don't what hand those you? out too often. You could do five. You could do ten. Oh, man. Yeah, I was going to say, like, five is really limited. You Here's also my—I pigeonhole myself. I only do whole faces or halves. I don't do, like, 3.75 faces. <laughs> I know that, you know, and sometimes I'm like, it might be, like— I liked it more than a four and a half, but I didn't like it a five. Yeah. But um, what do I, you think? I think I would probably do just a hundred percent. Like percentages. I think that's just easier. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have now been the first to hear Jake Bennington come up with his rating system for. We'll see if it holds. Probably not, but hundred percent a plus five Jake faces, 10 out of 10 would recommend. I would give it. Mm, Oh, you're not giving it 100%. No, 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 no. no. I would give it like uh, 83 to 85%. I can't do a range, my gosh. I'll just say 85. 85%. 86. So 86%. High Bs. Yeah. Not quite a B plus. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. That's why I give it. All right. Well, that's first man. Okay. Well, uh, first step is in the books. We crushed it. No, I'm... We'll go back and listen to it, and uh, I'm sure we're way too long-winded yeah, yeah, and all that stuff. I had a good time. I think we're going to keep doing this. Yeah, this was super um, fun. If we post this on something that uh, you have the ability to leave comments. Feedback. Give us feedback. Tell us what Don't you like. Don't be a douche, yeah, but give us yeah. feedback. No one likes a mean. Don't. Okay. <laughs> Ryan no. Egbert. Now you're sarcastic crap. We're gonna, name, we're gonna name drop a lot of people from our that past. You never know. Yeah. Don't give a crap about. Yeah, but they're important to us. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, that wraps okay. up movie takes with the Jakes. Um. I'm gonna see Bohemian Rhapsody on Saturday. So I'm excited because next I, time will be that one. Yeah. Okay. I'm a I'm a Malik fan, so okay. I'm looking forward to that. All right. All right. Till further. Uh. Out.